In this episode, we're excited to have Dovey Wan, who is the founding partner of Primitive Ventures. She is here to discuss the developments in the Chinese crypto industry and the differences between China and the U.S. markets. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, everybody, and、uh, welcome back to another edition of the Binance Podcast. Today, we actually have a very, very special guest with us. Her name is Dovey Wen, and she is the founding partner at、uh, Primitive Ventures. Dovey is very well known in the crypto space as、uh, being an expert with regards to not just investing in early ventures, but also being a、uh, key opinion leader、uh, within the Asian markets. And today we're actually going to be discussing Dovey's background, how she got into crypto, also sort of、uh, the recent trends that we've been seeing in terms of the Bitcoin and USDT premium and mechanism, especially in the、uh, Asian markets. Prior to founding Primitive Ventures,、uh, Dovey was the managing director at Danhua Capital, which had invested in multiple successful early stage as well as crypto ecosystem companies like Definity, Kyber,、uh, Tendermint,、uh, Seller, Masari, Block、uh, Folio, etc. And Dovey is also currently on the、uh, advisory board of CoinDesk and Cosmos.、Uh, thank you for joining us today, Dovey. Yeah, sure. Wait, hello, everybody. Yeah, I think you're one of the few female guests that we've had for the podcast. <laughs> really sorry to say that. I'm hoping to have a lot more in the future. Developed your reputation as a very rare sort of like female thought leader in our industry, and I, I followed you on Twitter. We'll give you a shout out in terms of you know. Your Twitter handle, and then hopefully you know more of our listeners can get access to to the content that you that you put out there. But before we get started into all of that, can you give me a little bit about your personal background,、uh, so that we can、mm-hmm. understand your experiences and your knowledge base a little bit better? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I was born and raised back in China and like Guangdong province, and I would consider Guangdong is more like the China version California, and so like that is like the area where many of these like tech giants like Tencent, NetEase, and like cell phone and hardware manufacturers like so where like they're like based off. And so my dad is also the first generation computer engineer in like mainland China, and I basically just follow his footprint and study software engineering like in my undergrads. And then when I was twenty, so I moved to US. And for my master degree, so I studied information management, so on Carnegie Mellon University, and I spent almost two years in like Pittsburgh. After that, so I moved to Barrier. So like that's where I get into, you know, like the whole internet marketplace and mobile internet and like fintech. So when I was at eBay, that's when I actually first like discover Bitcoin. I was product manager at eBay, and so I had been doing this、um, competitive analysis of the entire market space of the marketplace area. That's when I learned about Silk Road. So I was really fascinated about this. Native internet currency that has like global liquidity. Also,、uh, because I remember clearly when I was seeing Carnegie Mellon, and so my mom actually had a really hard time to just like get out my tuition and like living expenses. Like because like back in China, like everybody has like a capital control, and basically like everybody can only transfer up to fifty thousand US dollar every year. Like back then, we actually have a small like chat group, and that is like back in twenty eleven actually. And then so people are actually talking. About how to use Bitcoin just like to move money out, and simply just for like tuition. I discovered Sucro and then later Bitcoin. That's around 2013. So he is the very hardcore Bitcoin believer. Like back then, Tom, as we all know, so he's one of the co-founder for like Definity. And later, Tom quit eBay to basically to start his own startup that was like Quantify. And then like Quantify later restructured to like Streamlab. Definity is one of these like incubation on the Streamlab. Yeah. So. 
like that is my whole story how I got into crypto. So if you are American, you probably cannot feel strongly about like what's the merit of like Bitcoin and like crypto because um because the whole U.S. infrastructure, especially financial infrastructure, is like pretty solid. But the thing is that if you are like Chinese or like if you are pretty much like citizen in like Southeast, so like for like Southeast um, Asia, say for instance, if you're like coming from like Philippines and, and so like there's a huge demand out there and simply just for global liquidity. And then so we are not even talking about sound money and then so how to hatch like local currency devaluation, like simply for like global liquidity. And so there's a lot of like advantages trading over Bitcoin and just like, transacting over Bitcoin. Yeah, that's one of the comments that I've made. I think like people, advanced countries or countries with ad advanced financial infrastructures and, and systems, I would say spoiled <laughs> yeah, that is, exactly. because that is not the norm in the rest of the world. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So so it's with especially with in terms of like cross border stuff. And I think that is one of the purposes or one of the actually very early use cases that um, for some of the early Bitcoin users, I think, mm -hmm. in terms of yep. facilitating um, global global remittance. But I think one of the things that we've seen, even in the early stages of Bitcoin, you know, some of the um, top Bitcoin exchanges were all Chinese, like OKCoin yep. back in the day, Huobi, and then BTC China, mm -hmm. right? China historically, I remember in the 2013, 11, 12, 13, 14-ish, when it was just Bitcoin, China was taking up over half of the volume for Bitcoin. Probably over 80% of the hash rate as well. Yeah, why is that? Like, can you give our listeners just a little bit of a, a background of like why is the take up or the understand for Bitcoin so so pervasive in China? Um, so I think like there are like a, probably like a few historical reasons. The first historical reason why all these exchanges started in like mainland China is primarily due to Bitcoin supply because Bitcoin mining is largely in mainland China and that leads to trading activity, right? Miner have to constantly sell Bitcoin so to cover their electricity costs, operational costs. And so that is one of the key reasons because China has very sufficient local supply. Uh, so like that is one of the historical reasons. And so if you want to ask like why why Bitcoin mining is predominating like in like mainland China. And I think that's there are a lot of reasons combined. And so first of all, I would say so to be honest, like electricity cost is not that cheap in China. So I think it's okay cheap, but like it's not the cheapest. So comparing with uh, US, like we have extremely cheap like electricity in like upper state New York, in like Buffalo, etc. And like China has been in long time based on just coal electricity basically burning coal like to get electricity, right? But I think the beauty of Chinese mining industry is that operational cost is like, extremely low. Basically, I can probably build up like a facility back in China using probably only one fifth and then even one tenth of the cost here in US. And then like the other thing is, Chinese miners are extremely nimble. What they have been doing is whenever there's like a raining season, they will actually transport like all the miners from Xinjiang and in the Mongolia and then where like based off this like coal electricity and then all the way to Sichuan, Yunnan. And so like that is where like there's a lot of excessive like um, hydroelectricity because like transportation costs here in China is like, extremely low as well. That's why miners can have been doing this all this like, shifting all the year long. That to a very large extent, so that lowered the mining costs quite a bit. So I think like the other historical reason is, and most of this uh, AC manufacturer and like Bitcoin miner manufacturers are here based off China. 
that's where you will have like very easy access and to pre-order and then to make sure your uh, miner's order can actually be delivered on time. Basically, all this like manual trust element, so it's like so strong within the Chinese miner community that as a result, and then we can have a pretty robust like mining ecosystem here, especially right now, given the US-China trade war, if you're American miner and you have to pay more than 25% premium, like because of the import duty, and then simply just to get like a miner, like all the way from mainland China. The mining machine. Yeah, yeah, right. That is because of the trade war. That's why everything made the cost extremely effective, like to basically mining China. We are still seeing probably over 70-80% hash rate are actually being produced here in mainland China. And, and so because mining is here, that's why we have the local Bitcoin supply. Because we have the local Bitcoin supply and then we can have all this down the stream Bitcoin trading activity coming up. I think like Bitcoin trading is a very demand driven business and BTC China, OK, Huobi and so they're all getting started because of all this upper stream ecosystem has been established. Oh, that's really, really interesting. I think like one thing I want to add here is talking about this like trading mentality, the Bitcoin trading is a very speculative behavior. And then this is also really fitting to the Chinese trading landscape because like the Chinese stock market is also highly dominated by all these like retail players, right? Because US stock market is like pretty much all like institutional trading, but Chinese stock market for the like last decades is entire retail. It's like 70-80% retail players. That's also a very good trader's profile overlap because like there's a lot of like I would say like gamblers or just like highly speculative, like just like retail traders, and then so they have been trading on Chinese stock market and because Crypto is a very like, volatile asset, and then so that actually feeds into their appetite. Now we have the supply, and then here we have the demand as well. That's the case then. Is that why then, even right now, the, some of the top cryptocurrency exchanges have their origins from China? Yeah. Um, like so first of all how you like just uh, how you define top by trading volume by dau and then what is your like specific metrics yeah trading volume i would say just very specifically trading volume yeah like trading volume like the problem right now is like if you go to like coin market cap right now so i'm pretty sure and you won't recognize that most of this like unquote like top exchanges by volume because just like watch trading Pretty much everybody is set for like a very, very few. And so they're all like watch trading. Like personally, I think there are only a very few handful of like Chinese or like Chinese background exchanges. They have like real trading volume. So I would say spot trading. So there's a like Huobi, Gate.io or like futures and like going to be OKEX. I think like many others. So they're like pretty much just like watch trading. Yeah, I think in your venture capital experience, right at Danhua, I know you guys have invested in exchanges, right? And I'm still, I'm sure at Primitive now you're still looking at exchanges yep as an investor are you still looking at exchanges because i think one of the top performers from tokens perspective have been exchange tokens do you still see exchanges or exchange tokens as a good investment opportunity um yeah right so talking about exchange investment the topic around exchange investment has been probably the only favorable investment theme like through all the bulls and like bear cycles because like, exchange is the very few productive asset so if you think about bitcoin it's actually not productive right but like exchange is actually productive asset because it can constantly produce like more bitcoin based on transaction fee but like on the flip side exchange itself like has a very strong network effect because as we all 
all know that liquidity has a very strong network effect. I think especially like the depth of the order book. So it's very hard to establish. If you like a brand new exchanges, so it will be very hard for you to just crack into the space over time. And so there will be harder and harder like for like any like new exchanges like to like get into the market like especially right now binance is like pretty much like dominating the whole spot trading and bitmax is like pretty much for the entire future trading i think like for like any new exchanges or like any like exchanges like product and then so if you want to crack into a space and then so you will need to have something pretty unique either unique asset or like any unique financial products that's gonna be harder and harder. I think over the past few years, and then many exchanges either dies from like lacking of liquidity or just simply being hacked. I have been joking that like exchanges founders, all the exchanges team, so they're actually working for hackers and like hackers is at the top of the food chain. Even exchanges like Binance and has been hacked, right? And so if you don't have enough like treasury, if you don't have like a deep enough pocket, it's very hard for you to be a sustainable business just like having gone through all these different type of like hacks and like and just like, all these like, different bugs. I think like the investment area itself, it is like definitely like favorable. I think it all depends on the team. And I personally don't believe brand new team have no prior experience and then have no prior trading experience, has no prior operating experience and just like jump into the exchange space. I think right now we have seen a lot of exchange token, I think like the team behind it and then basically make it as like a Ponzi like scheme. Basically like the exchange has like no volume and has like little users, but like, so they simply just pump the exchange token really hard. So I don't think that's actually sustainable, like because at the end of the day, Exchange token is something not based on moon math or like based on like storytelling because you always have like a valuation model for like specific exchange token, right? So it's either burn, buy bad or like profit sharing. Um, so I think it's very hard to have this like simply ICO over promise like type of thing for like exchange token because it has a clear like mathematical model behind it. In order to make like a good exchanges with like good fundamental and then like that's when you can have a good just like mathematical base like for all the exchange tokens out there. That makes a lot of sense. There's a couple of things that's actually been really, really interesting, which is basically the growth of the markets as a whole coming out of the bear market um, over the last six months, in particular with Bitcoin climbing into the 10,000 US dollar range. From some of the things I've seen is that a lot of that demand or a lot of that is actually been coming out of China. Do you see that as the case as being one of the main drivers for the growth? in terms yeah, of coming sure. out of the bear market, both in terms of new users and new money. Yep. Um, so like, first of all, uh, so like there's always a divergence of market price and the fundamental. As we can see in like all these like mature markets, like bond and stock market, and like the gap is usually like reasonable, like always can adjust itself like healthily, right? But like in our industry, like the gap between like fundamental and like market price, it can be extremely dramatic. As we can see for the last 12 months of like bear markets, I think the Bitcoin fundamental is actually getting stronger and stronger. If we just like simply look at the code base, the adoption, the institutional awareness, but like the price has been dumping all the way from 20K to all the way uh, at the bottom around 4,000. I think like the market is always trading on expectation 
and like the expectation is never precisely aligned with reality especially our market is like that's, that's so true so because in our market and like there's no valuation model is like highly dominant by just like non-institutional and non-professional players. And then, so as like Shakespeare once said, violent delights have violent ends. I think like all irrational human behavior will have the same result. Like talking about the growth, like first of all, it is not a growth. I think it is mostly a expectation adjustment and then converging with fundamental. That's why Bitcoin is actually leading the rally. We have seen many other majors and altcoins, so they're actually lacking momentum, right? That's why we have seen like the Bitcoin dominance like actually back to the high. I think a lot of ICOs and like altcoins, so we have a very heavy debt like to pay off in terms of like their promise to investors and like their overshooting story. And so like many altcoins and ICO will eventually die from lacking of liquidity or like fell in meeting expectations. If you're talking about the new money per se, based on my very heuristic just observation, I personally don't see a lot of like new money, especially new retail money like coming from China. It's a very, very anecdotally, right? And so I remember like this year, so when like Bitcoin price at back to 10K, I didn't receive like all this like random message from, you know, like remote relatives or my high school friends, etc., like asking me about Bitcoin. And then so I've got like a few messages from like close friends and like asked me to sell actually. Like that is actually really unlike last year. So I've got like ton of message and then just asking me uh, how I can buy Bitcoin. You gotta make new friends. <laughs> I know, I know. Your old friends, your old friends yeah. all bought at 20 and they're still waiting. <laughs> they're still below water. <laughs> so I think like many of them are like either still underwater. And I think like the other reason, which can be like purely heuristic, Chinese retail investor, like because like, so they always have to speculate on something, right? 10 years ago, they were speculating on like housing market. And then five years ago, they were like speculating on like stock market. And two years ago, they were speculating on Bitcoin, the overall uh, ICOs. Especially in like this bull market, I have seen many Chinese retail investors. And so they are still having the money in like stock market because like the whole Chinese stock market, like they have like new just like policy and just like new stimulation, try to boost the Chinese Asians. So many of these like Chinese retail investors and then so they still have their like access capital in the stock market. So I think like that's probably the reason that we haven't seen many of these like Chinese retail investor like coming back to crypto. I think they might be coming back and once we hit um just a 20k, so like once we just like go back to the historical high, I think like that might be possible. And then also like the other thing is like the whole institutional wave is like kind of impossible for like this like, Chinese institution. So for all these and mainland Chinese institution like to so to have like enough like Bitcoin exposure. Because technically speaking, Bitcoin trading is so like has been banned, right? Just like legally speaking, like Bitcoin as an asset is being banned, especially for trading. So if you are a Chinese-based PE fund, if you're like a fully compliant China mainland, just like private equity firms, like say for instance. If you're a locally registered investment fund, yeah. you definitely are not investing into, into Bitcoin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly, right? So I think like that's why it's very hard for like the compliant institution like to get into like Bitcoin exposure. And then so like we either have to wait for retail be aware and then so come back to speculate Bitcoin or otherwise we have to figure out like the other way for so probably high net worth individual or like family offices. And 
I think they might be flexible enough like to get into Bitcoin exposure. But like many of them, instead of like investing in like buying Bitcoin itself, like what I have learned is, and in many of these like family offices, they would rather to invest in Bitcoin mining because like investing in Bitcoin mining is considered as a very legit investment. It has a constant cash flow. And then so it's like relatively easy for you to invest in like a Bitcoin mining operation. So it's like basically something that they can understand. And then like also it's something that they can have this like monthly report, right? And so like they will have like this. It's a fixed return invest a style yeah. kind of investment, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it fits the profile. It has less, yeah. probably less volatile in terms of the, you know, in terms of some of the, the movement in prices. So Debbie, you founded Primitive Venture last year. What are some of the really like projects that you guys have recently invested in or some of the space that you're looking at um, right now? Yep. When we made investment and like the first question like we asked ourselves is like whether these things can actually outperform Bitcoin. So if you ask yourself that question and then so you can pretty much filter like 90% of the things. That's why when we made investment, we have to think about is there any like unique element like this like specific asset that can be completely orthogonal to Bitcoin, right? Uh, so like a few things that we have been investing, like one is handshake. If you think about like the native like internet asset, Money is like one of them, and then the other money, so it's actually domain name, right? People has been selling, trading, speculating on like all these like domain name for like last like decades, like, ever since the starting of the internet. And then also like naming itself, naming itself is actually a very, very scarce asset, right? So like w.com, there's only one of them, right? So like the beauty of like handshake is right now, if we think about any unstoppable internet, so basically URL and like the domain name itself is actually like the biggest like bottleneck, right? So like Chinese government can always ban like specific URL and like specific domain. And then so you, you can never access that. So the beauty of Handshake is like, so it's like basically like a decentralized DNS system that can actually largely change the overall internet paradigm because like when it comes to internet paradigm and then so all this that dot com dot cn dot net is actually essentially issue governed by like a single entity that's why i think naming itself is a very premium internet native asset and it also is something that has to be decentralized handshake is like one of the things that we are super bullish on and then we also invested in exchanges based on handshake because like once you have this protocol layer of decentralized DNS, and then so you will also need something to trade, to market mate that specific domain. Namebase is actually a decentralized DNS exchange or just like the GoDaddy for our regular domain names. I think that, and other than that, and then we are also super bullish on any like new alternative consensus algorithm especially something that's not based on competition power. And then so we are thinking that like storage-based consensus algo and then so it can be like alternative resources. So it can be a very, very interesting experiment to see whether we can have build like a decentralized, like a secure network like based on storage. So I'm personally on the board of like Space Mesh. And so it's a super interesting project. Basically, they're like using the consensus algo as the POST, so proof of space and time. The entire infrastructure is like based on storage. And then also I made investment in like the early round of the cheer network. And then so it's also another alternative like storage based coin. And then other than that, I think like the current Bitcoin economic model. So it's like a fixed supply, 21 million like fixed supply, and then like has been working on really well, right? 
I think there can be some other experiment when it comes to this economic model. Say, for instance, for like the new token for like green. So it has a, like a pretty interesting economic model as like one second, one coin. It has a pretty decent mean mass, like time is money. And because like it has this like perpetual issuance for like forever, it's like every second, every coin. I think like green is also a very interesting thing to just like keep an eye on because like it's probably one of the most cypherpunk thing like after Bitcoin, like it has like no founders reward and no ICO and then no pre-mine. It's like purely organized by the entire community. So like we have seen the whole project develop just like two years ago and now has a very vibrant community around it and then just like fully decentralized and then so without any coordination, that makes us the similarity of like green and like Bitcoin to some extent. And I think like those are the things that we are relatively bullish on and other than Bitcoin, but definitely ask yourself, like what are the things can outperform Bitcoin? So in about three to five years like time frame, if you can answer yourself that question, then pull the trigger. Okay, really cool. I think that's all the time we have for for now, but thank you very much for your time, Debbie. Really appreciate yeah, it. Sure, wait. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then hopefully like, you can join us again later at a later date. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do. Thanks, Debbie. All right. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview as, as much as I did. If you like this show, please share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WeChat, or any other social media platforms. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Binance podcast and see you next time.